Ahoy and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. If you are a regular listener, you're probably thinking, huh? Where's Molly the Judge Merwin? Surprise! For one episode only and to celebrate our 10th birthday, we are 10 in podcast years. Molly has handed over her gavel. So it's me, Captain Cassidy, who will host this bonus episode. And I'll be joined, as always, with Sailor Jerry Merwin and Popeye Earl. survive your life. How are you doing listeners? How are you surviving? Usually this episode takes inspiration from the news, debates it and gives you top tips on how to survive it. However, since it's our birthday, we are doing what we want to and we'll be discussing how to survive living on a boat. Why? Because we've been told time and time again how we're all in the same boat and if life is a boat, then you just have to know how to steer it. Sailors, how are you? I'll start with you, Molly Sailor Jerry Merwin. How's it going? I'm good. I'm even better with that nickname. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna change all my all my social media accounts to Molly Sailor Jerry Merwin. Yeah, I think it suits you. Yeah, I think it does. No, I'm good. I'm good. So, time of this recording, it, we are having a heat wave in the UK, and after many years, by many, I mean two years, of trying to convince my husband to buy a pool, I have finally convinced him. And by pool, I mean like you know, it's an inflatable one. It's not, it's, it's the not one pound one from tiger, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. It's a little, it's a little bit more than that, but it's, it's like, it's just, it's like just over two meters by two meters or seven foot by seven foot. It's in our garden. I put it up, I bought it in the May and then it turned cold here. And I was like, Oh no. And then it came out on Tuesday and it is, or Wednesday, and it's just been glorious. It's, so you've been splashing out. Yes. It's how I've been mm. surviving this heat wave, to be honest. Fast. Sounds great. So, yeah. I'm great. I'm great because I got my pool. Good. Molly, thank you. And Popeye. Oh, how are you doing? Popeye, oh, thank you for that. It's <laughs> no one I've always wanted. I, I don't know if you've seen, but on my screen, I've put cabin boy, as I felt that was more appropriate. But actually, Popeye, I feel, is like a, a kind of a step up from cabin boy. So I'll definitely take that. Yeah, I'm good. It is definitely very very hot I'm not really enjoying the heat um because I think Britain's not very prepared for heat you know how in other countries you have aircon and pools and it just seems like they're more ready whereas I feel we because we have so little every year we just accept for about a fortnight we'll be uncomfortable yeah mm. <laughs> so that's where I am. Guys, I'm going to go in the marina water after recording this. I've decided. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty dirty, the water. But yes, I was going to say that is <laughs> filthy water. You know, with all those bread loaves floating around from people throwing in their hovis. <laughs> Wait, isn't there, co- isn't there cocaine in the marina water? You guys told me that the Thames has lots of cocaine in it. Molly, so yeah. she actually said about- she didn't want to talk about that on air. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so since it's a Sailor Jerry special, I suppose <laughs> I can. Uh, I think that the, I would like to find the article to be a little bit more case study heavy there. But I, I definitely heard in a podcast somewhere that the Thames is heavily containing cocaine well if it's on a podcast then obviously it's true obviously and now i've just said it and that's how rumors work out okay so (laughs) this is such a fun and exciting episode so if you've been listening to our episodes so far you'll know that normally i record on the boat but actually now i'm moving off elspeth mabel that's her name and it's so sad but we thought that since it's been a big part of our podcast culture, we would do an extra special birthday 
episode where we get the two people who have never lived on a boat before <laughs> to debate how to live on one. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. I can't. I'm looking forward to this one and slightly scared, to be honest. Whew. Sailor Jerry Merwin and Popeye Earl are going to go head to head, elbow to elbow, eyelash to eyelash, rigging <laughs> to rigging, rum to rum, and they are going to teach us how to survive living on a boat. Now, who will win? Who knows? Who will be the survivalist? Because there will be a winner, dear listeners. And I know that you're excited and you want to stay tuned to see who it is. I know I do. You know, like Ronan Keaton has a song, doesn't he? Life is a boat, you just gotta sail it. So that's all we're going to do today. <laughs> Great. Amazing. I enjoyed the singing. Yeah, thank you for once, because I'm not against you, so you're enjoying my singing. Yeah, it's different. There's a whole... <laughs> Hang on now. Can I clear something up early on? I would like it on record that I'm not convinced Kaylee Cassidy is going to be neutral and not uh, <laughs> get a little bit of vengeance this episode. I can confirm I'm going to be neutral. Okay. Okay. So all my sailor ladies, all my sailor ladies, are you ready? <laughs> Yes. If anything, I should be afraid, Daisy, because she could get vengeance on me. Oh, yeah. You know? So this really could go. I think he's vengeance neutral (laughs) at this point. I'm vengeance neutral. I've put it all behind me. You know, I know I was losing. So I put it all behind me. I'm here as the captain. And um, you might both lose and I just might give myself some points. Who knows? <laughs> Kaylee, you're in charge. Go mad. You know, you're yeah. right. Listeners, we're all dressed in nautical attire as well, just to celebrate it. We've got our red lipstick on and our stripes. So without further ado, let's get started. Mm-hmm. And since no one's ever asked Molly Merwin before, let's start with you. Molly Merwin, what's your top tip number one on how to survive living on a boat? Amazing. So my first top tip is don't be a boat Karen. Now okay. this is inspired by <laughs> Daisy's favorite I'm Molly's newspaper, the Daily Mail. Fantastic. <laughs> Least favorite. Let's get this right. And this was a, an article. This is inspired by a woman in Australia who who and her, her and her partner were uh, on a lake and they were splashed with water by a group of teenagers. And she felt they drove too close to her digging. She then threatens them and calls them, <laughs> quote, fucktards. <laughs> then Karen's partner, a man who appears to be in his 50s, keep in mind these kids, they're teenagers, threatens <laughs> to fight them. <laughs> One of them tells him to relax and he said, quote, you need to relax or I'll put you to sleep. So you shut the fuck up right now. <gasps> then in true <gasps> Karen fashion, she says, you don't know who we know, which let's admit is just equivalent to, can I speak to your manager or I'm going to call your manager? (laughs) And later the cops, and it says later the cops are coming, which again, it's basically, I'm speaking to your manager. Now listen, I don't like being splashed by water. I, I grew up in the American South. Being in a pool is just how we survive. And, you know, I also have really curly, really frizzy hair and it takes a lot to keep it maintained. So I don't like like being splashed. I get it, Karen. I get it. However, you're an adult, okay? And these who maybe they accidentally splashed you. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but you're never have you heard the term you get more bees with honey. 
Karen, look, honey, look into that because <laughs> kids ain't going to listen to you. And now they recorded it because you were a bitch and now it's gone viral. Listen, something similar to ha me happened one time at, just recently because of, you know, social distancing lockdown. One of our friends a couple weeks ago, we were doing a social distance drink. So we were sitting on our porch step. He was on the pavement. And then this, this kid, we live on a cul-de-sac. And so he just starts going really fast down the pavement, getting on the street and then really fast pound the pavement. And he almost like bumped into my friend twice. And so my husband was like, Hey mate, do you mind not, you know, biking on the sidewalk? And the kid, you know, was taken aback, but I think it's because he used sidewalk and not pavement. And he was like, who's this American telling me what to do? But, um, but the kid stopped, the kid stopped. So just be nice. Now I will say mm. since this video has surfaced, Karen and her partner have received threats and have since, of course, because that's what they do, reported it to the police. And now it's quote a police matter. So let me be clear. I do not endorse threats of any kind or bullying of any kind. Two wrongs do not make a right. But here's my point. When you're living on a boat or you're on a boat, there's going to be some splashing. You're on fucking water, Karen. Mm -hmm. There's water. There's also going to be misunderstanding and shit's going to happen. So don't be the Karen and resort to threats, which let's be honest. You don't know any more people than I do, Karen, and you're not special. Okay. Molly Sailor Jerry Merwin. There she was <laughs> with a top tip. Don't be a boat, Karen. Now it could be don't be a boat, Karen, or it could be don't be a boat, Karen. There are many ways if you use punctuation to read that top tip. This is true. So, this is true. Mm, Daisy, Popeye Earl, what is your rebuttal? Okay, so I think it's important to note here that children can be hoodlums. Um, <laughs> and I don't use the word hoodlum lightly. I think that looking at the youth of today, some of them are just dreadful. And you don't know how that situation may have escalated. They may have started by splashing Karen, but intended to drown her. And had Karen not been such a forthright, loud woman, who knows mm. what would happen? That's okay. Oh, lovely rebuttal. Mm. And I'm going to award a bonus point for the word hoodlum because I love it. So we've, we've got a one nil start for Popeye. Okay. Good to hear you've been having your spinach, darling. Good to hear. So that was our first top tip. Our next top tip. No, no, we're still going the first top tip. I don't know what I'm doing. No, now it's Daisy's top tip. Popeye, what is your top tip? Lovely. Okay, my recommendation for people would to, would, sorry, that was very clumsy. I was drinking in the afternoon over here. My recommendation would be to consider living on a houseboat because it could, could it be the solution to the housing crisis? So those of you who listening to this live in the UK, I don't know, uh, Molly can maybe enlighten us afterwards about how it's working in America at the moment, but there is a housing crisis in the UK. According to BBC News, the government needs to build a million more houses to help ease that crisis in the next five years and because there's a crisis in the whole supply and demand there's a real shortage of housing so some young people have turned to buying houseboats because relative to buying a house they're actually quite cheap but what I find interesting about houseboats is that you can get a houseboat I went on I did my own research you know some investigative journalism this uh, okay. week <laughs> and found the 
cheapest houseboat I could find online was £25,000, but it did look like it was due a sinking. So, but I saw a very nice houseboat in London. It was just off Canary Wharf for £44,000. And you can, around the world, some houseboats are worth millions and they are insane. There's one, this according to CBS, there's one in Dubai called the Floating Seahorse and it's like a holiday home. And it's mental because it's a houseboat, but it's half submerged. So on the lower level, it's all glass. So in your bedroom and bathroom downstairs, you can look out to the sea. But I I don't know about you guys. I would find that sort of terrifying because I would feel like I was... I don't know, drowning. And also like, you know, that way I can't sleep at night if the curtain's not closed because I feel like, I don't know, a crow might watch me. Imagine like just having like fish and all kinds of things coming up to the window. What if you saw a mermaid? I just don't think I would particularly enjoy that. And that would only really work in Dubai because like you say, in the Thames, there's a lot of cocaine and dead bodies, you know, like they love the cocaine in the Thames. And the yeah, mermaids <laughs> coats off their faces. <laughs> so now I would work in the Thames. But I saw, and this really is, I feel like proper sort of middle class porn. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> George Clark, like the amazing spaces. Have you guys seen that? It's no, like a so George Clark's Amazing Spaces is it's literally just like pretty posh people um they are honestly if you watch it that's not me they're all they're all posh and they've got quite low level jeopardy because they're just using their enormous amount of mainly inherited money to make somewhere nice but it's like oh we could just live in a tree house and I thought yeah if I've got a million quid to spend on it so could I my friend but anyway in this one they weren't actually that posh because they spent well they are it's relative you see because they spent 48 thousand on a houseboat and then twenty thousand to do it up so they're now like in their 30s this couple and they're mortgage free but they you would have to have sixty eight thousand pounds to begin with so actually I think they were secretly quite posh as well now I've said it out loud but what's interesting about houseboats is that they're very middle class like when you think about that a static home is actually much more expensive than a houseboat because static homes can go from like 150 to 400 thousand pounds and yet if someone lives in a static home people are quite rude about them or at least posh people are and yet if they live on a houseboat they think they're all sort of bohemian and chic and would do like spoken word poetry do you know what I mean so just describe Kaylee I do not own sorry Kaylee <laughs> Moon Cohen. I, sorry, that was um, that was insensitive. But I think that um, given that there is, given that there is such a, a housing crisis, you know, as I said, a forty-four thousand one at Canary Wharf, or there's a river home. This is on riverhomes.com. You could go online and see it at Catherine's Dock in London. You can for three point five million pounds. I've seen this one; it's insane. Madness. I've actually seen it. Or what in real life? Yeah, it's insane. Oh, three point five million, five bed. There's a jet ski launch pad, a sauna. There's three bathrooms, three reception rooms, 
Holy it's shit. The fanciest houseboat I've ever seen uh, is madness. But you can get reasonably priced houseboats. And the one that they did on Amazing Spaces that they did up, I have to say, did look amazing. It had like, they made it all really modern inside and they had like a log burner and it just looked, it was very like kind of cat kids and it looked really cool. So yeah, my survival tip would actually be to consider living in one. Okay. Thank you, Daisy, Popeye Earl. Now, Molly, Sailor Jerry Rowan, what is your rebuttal? So this, uh, first I will just wanted to let Daisy know when you're holding your mic and you move and you're holding your mic in your hand and you move your hand. uh, Yeah, we can't hear you because your hand moves. (laughs) I can't hear you. I moved my hand away. You uh, you wiped, you put your hair behind your ear, but you took the microphone with you. It was really funny. This is like edit based trash talk from Merwin. Okay. I won't touch them yeah, on. basically. Anyway, but so this one's going to be hard to rebut because essentially she says, consider living on a houseboat. And isn't that the whole point of our episode is exactly. living on a I boat and living thing. on a houseboat? So I feel like Daisy's kind of doing low hanging, not really trying. So that's all I'm going to say with my rebuttal. It's it's true. Molly, I thought I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. And um, I've got to say that um, it was a bit of an estate agent speech, Popeye. There was a lot of, t- go here to look at this, go here to look at that. It didn't really feel like a top tip for people who are living on a boat. So I am going to award the two points to Merwin. Woo-hoo! She's got the two points. Don't be a boat, Karen. Okay, I think it's a great top tip. Don't be a pope. A, a pope don't be <laughs> don't be a boat karen they get lots of boat karens but you do need to see the splashing as a metaphor because living on a boat is not easy so living on a houseboat you've got a lot more stressful things happening than when you live in a flat for example your toilet you know often you have to if you've got a narrow boat you have to put a plastic bag in the toilet do your poo drop your poo off before work into a bin yeah, that's if you're not moored on the marina. If you're moored on a marina, you have to sail your boat over to a pump-out tank every time it's full, and you have to clear out your own shit. So um, there's a lot of stressful things living on a boat, and you just need to make sure you're not a boat, Karen, and you're able to embrace the splashing. Okay, rebuttal-wise, um, I'm not going to give any points for a rebuttal, I'm afraid, because um, I don't want Molly to have a 4-0 start to Daisy. <laughs> Also, Daisy's got a point. Daisy's got a point. Yeah, Daisy's got a point. A, so you can give me a point if you want to. But B, Daisy's face. I think, I think, I think the word is daggers. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I just think it is good for our friendship that normally (laughs) Merwin is the judge and Kaylee is the, you know, no, the the co. you know, survivalist, because I have to say, I am missing Kaylee right now. Like, Merwin, you are much meaner. Like, Cassidy's a walk in the park. You were you were personal. You were saying, I had research there. I went on the internet. I found facts. Oh, oh yeah. Totally no, I totally low, agree with you, Daisy. I think I you've totally got low-hanging fruit, and it's unimaginative. You okay, just... so at this point, I am now going to interject with my foghorn. You're a podcast, Karen. That's you. And say, <laughs> let's not push the boat out too far. Okay, ladies? Okay, truce. <clears throat> For now, truce. Ju- Captain Cassidy is calling a truce between you all. So we've got 2-1 now to M- Molly, Sailor Jerry Merwin, okay? And we're going to be hitting at you now, splashing out with your second top tip. We're going to start off with 
Popayal, what is your second top tip on how to survive living on a boat? Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've lost a lot of confidence at this point, but I'll try my best. Thank you, Kelly. So my second tip is <laughs> confidence stripped by Merwin. Right. I'm going to... My second top tip, which I feel is an important one, is don't get murdered living on a houseboat. So it turns out that houseboat murders do happen. And I'm going to tell you the story of something that actually happened in America, in Tampa Bay. So essentially, Mm. long story short, a couple befriended an ex-convict and he worked as their handyman. And then essentially, he they got into arguments over pay. And for a long time, for about six months, they were friends. He used to stay for dinner. Everything was fine. And then there was an argument about pay. So he ended up murdering them both and then stealing the woman's jewellery. Oh, my God. But what I find interesting about this story is that... You don't was- find any of that interesting. You're like, <laughs> but this is what... <laughs> Well, that I mean, that is interesting, but it's sort of a bit brutal. But what was interesting was how bad he was at kind of keeping his crime a secret because he calls his then girlfriend, who unfortunately had some issues. She was addicted to pain medication and, you know, not in the best place. But to her credit, she was the one who alerted police and that she, years later, testified against him. I I don't know why, but it seemed to take... So this happened in 2013, so it took a really long time for it to come to trial properly. But essentially, it was 3 a.m. 3 a.m., he rings her, says, you've got to pick me up from here. He's really, like, distressed. He's in a black hoodie. And then he says he has to go to... And this is the part I just think... You know, like, when kids tell a lie because they've panicked... He said, I've got to go immediately to New York to see my brother who's sick. So she naturally, she did actually drive him quite, you know, a substantial part of this journey. And then I think he got a train. What was mad was that he didn't think ringing someone in the middle of the night and saying you have to immediately leave the state and go and see your sick brother would alert any sort of suspicion. So the couple who died were called John Travlos and Jemana Jerry Morin. And the man who murdered them was Ronaldo Figu sorry, forgive this uh, pronunciation, Figueroa Sanabria. <laughs> That's not it. Fig Figueroa Sanabria. <laughs> he had he had a complicated name to add to a litany of offenses. Uh, and his name and the girlfriend who who did actually sort of bring him to justice, his girlfriend, or on how they describe on and off girlfriend. And I thought an on and off girlfriend's never gonna be that loyal to you. Um, but her name was uh, Tessa Cooper. So yeah, he he stole their jewelry basically. it was sort of vengeance that he didn't feel, even though they'd helped him, he wanted to make his own like boat like detailing business and, and they had been really quite supportive of him. They um he ended up murdering them. But I did find a sadder story, which has gone on. There's been 180 
trials now and it's not still not really come to justice but basically there was a British girl who was 24 um she was mega posh her dad was a millionaire not relevant just giving some context but this was in 2013 and that's why I was going to say it was a bad year for murders because they were both in 2013 and then I thought um that was it just seemed glib glib but she but um, then you just said it I'd well, yeah. you know, I then I remembered it's comedy, isn't it? You it can't is. say anything. But she was murdered apparently by a Dutchman when she was backpacking in India. So she had met someone. So her boyfriend was a guy named Samir Shoda. And apparently at the time she was staying on the houseboat with him that belonged to their family. So he was also quite wealthy. He apparently was away fishing that night. And the neighbor, but it's really confusing how they sort of knew each other, but he'd only arrived three days earlier, this guy, Richard DeWitt, who was Dutch, and he killed killed her, apparently, and it was a very awful, very, very gruesome, very gruesome murder, because she was stabbed Mm. multiple times, and they found in the uh, post-mortem that she had tried to fight, and... But what was sad for her family is that it's taken years and it was apparently really mishandled in India. So her dad had to get a private investigator and it took years. They still not brought him to justice to this day. And they're on their like 180th hearing. So it's like, it's just a lot of trials. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. Um, Mm. But the guy basically at the time, so he had a history of mental illness and, and drug abuse. And he admitted it at the time, but then he later said he didn't. So the family still have a lot of questions, things like Mm. why no one on a boat heard her. And because it must have been a very kind of violent act. It was middle of the night. The family found her the next day. Why on that particular night had the boyfriend gone somewhere else? And his family have just shut down and no longer talked to the press about it, which I guess is in one way understandable if you really had nothing to do with it, but also slightly strange but they were cooperative and they went to all the trials and they've given all the evidence that they had to but it's very sad because she when she went away uh the facebook message that she posted before she sent off set off to india in july 2012 was quit your job buy a ticket get a tan fall in love never return oh very sad yeah, so that's a sad one, but that yeah, don't get don't get murdered. Make sure you've got proper boat security because one thing they said that could have been um relevant was that the door was incredibly flimsy of the boat, so someone would have been easily able just to kick it in. So mm. Kaylee, I know you're still on a boat today and you have you know, I'm just saying, maybe check check you got a solid door. We're going to move on now. Um so <laughs> we're going to hear um Molly Taylor, Jerry Merwin's rebuttal. Great. Thank you. So, I mean, Daisy makes a really good point. Actually, don't get murdered living on a houseboat. And my rebuttal of that is just don't get murdered living in any home that you ever live in. Have good security wherever you live, not just on a houseboat. And that's okay. what I got. Thank you, Molly. It's funny imagine, that... Um, sorry, just imagine if if Molly there argued for getting murdered on a houseboat. <laughs> Leave your window open, see what happens. That was one thing I wrote down, but then I was like, nah, I'll go with the other direction. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking that like, oh, is that the key to not getting murdered is someone tells you not to and then, oh, it's magic. You just don't get murdered. Yeah. I love the two of you. Just well, don't I- get murdered. Just, you know, don't get yeah. murdered. 
I think that it's security, isn't it? Security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is interesting <laughs> that you said that, Daisy, because I had night terrors for a long time when I first moved on the boat because the doors aren't the same as normal property. So yeah, I've I've been through the fear, but I'm I'm sleeping really well at the moment, uh, all the night through. Not even a geese or a or a swan can wake me up when they're trying to. Okay, so little tangent there. Merwin, it's up to you. What's your second top tip on how to survive living on a boat? So my second top tip is listen to the old saying, go with the flow. Does anybody know who first said that? Want to take a guess? Uh, it was Florence Olivia. Okay, um, good guess. I, I would say it was somebody's mother. Okay, uh, you're both wrong. It was William Shakespeare. Oh, if, wow. yeah. Well, we're not sure exactly the exact or origin, but like a lot of expressions, many people says say it's closely related to William Shakespeare. In Julius Caesar, Brutus says <clears throat> she's going for an audition speech now, <laughs> practicing. I know. <laughs> Actually, I'm like, maybe I should do a Cockney. Let's. Do you want you guys who want to do a shite Cockney? We accent? love your Cockney accent. Please. Let's see if I can do a really shite Cockney accent. There is a tide in the affairs of men. Which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. Lovely, there you go. lovely. You got the Hang part. You got the part. <laughs> How is that linked to go with the flow? Oh, oh, oh. It's because ties, the ties into the affairs of men, which taken on the flood, leads on to fortune. Which, when you translate that, basically means when you go on the tide, like with water, taken on the flood, okay. it leads on to fortune, meaning it leads on to good things. You go on the flood on the water it leads to good things so i'm going to change my top tip slightly just because i, I want to give you guys a quiz to when when on the barge listen to the bard and go with the flow oh that's lovely thank you and this is why i say that you know when you're living on a boat you're essentially living on water and like water life goes in all sorts of directions so adding water on top things are going to go wrong living on a boat is unpredictable as the water you float on I read an article in Business Insider. It was about this woman, Kristen Haynes, who lives in San Francisco, and she lost her job in 2016 and moved into her boyfriend's houseboat. She basically, you know, she said, you know, all the resources on a boat are finite. Things just change. You have to be ready to go with it. So you have to like kind of keep, you have to keep track of your supplies. Uh, one night they were anchored out cooking an amazing dinner and the propane on their stove ran out. So they finished cooking their dinner with a construction blowtorch they had on board. It's like, okay, well, this didn't work. So we're going to go with what we have. Another time their tanks went dry and they woke up to brew our morning coffee and they didn't have any water. So luckily there we were only an hour's sail back to the slip. So they're like, okay, we don't have the coffee right now. We could just sail back. No no problem. And sometimes it's it's hard to find a place to moor. Is that am I using the right word? Anchor. More. Yeah, more. Am I using the okay? Mm -hmm. Legally, apparently in in San Fran, it's really hard to find a place to moor legally. But that's okay because you're on a boat, so you can literally go out to the ocean. The ocean is your garden. So if you're living on a barge, listen to the bard and just go with the flow because things are going to crop up and you just have to accept that living on a houseboat is unique. It's not like living on a normal house and just accept it and just row with the punches. And that's it. That's mine. Lovely there. Love row with the punches. Nice way to add in rowing. 
Thank you, Merwin. Thank you so much. So You're welcome. Popeye Earl, what is your rebuttal? Well, firstly, I think that you could, you know, things are finite wherever you live, not just on a boat. You could run out of supplies. I ran out of bread this morning. It happens. I think what Molly's done is clever. <laughs> I will say that. Thank you. <laughs> taken a, a, a chapter, I think, from the Kaylee Cassidy book of hippie-loving, hippie-dippy vague, mm-hmm. vagueness yeah. that is very hard to counterbalance. So I would say take more control. Don't go with the flow. You know, feel like you've got a sense of autonomy on your life that's that's my mm. I'm really liking your tone at the moment Earl you're gonna get a you're getting a point for your calm tone <laughs> there you go <laughs> bring out the best in you Daisy Thanks, two Thank two now in it two two yeah right I am between the devil and the deep blue sea Boom, there we go. A lovely idiom related to nauticalness. Let's get nautical, nautical. There we go. So so I am because I think that these two top tips were very interesting, very different. And I really like the hippy dippiness of yours, uh, Sailor Jerry. I thought, you know, I like the fact that Daisy called it out. It makes me feel like she knows me so well. Thank you, Daisy. Friendship. <laughs> I, yeah, I really think that going with the flow is really important. And I really think that's so beautiful. The link you did go with, if you're on a barge, go with the bard. It's nice play. And I think Daisy's top tip with the don't get murdered on a boat, it brings up a really important thing for people considering living on a boat because you do need to think about your security of your like your doors but also Mm. the only thing is it does breed a fear within you which isn't very helpful so I am going to give the two points to Sailor Jerry it's two points to Sailor Jerry yes thank you Captain and I'm really sorry I just have to backtrack you know in football when you watch a football game and they the ball goes in the goal but the referee Mm -hmm. didn't see it so he watches Mm -hmm. the equipment do you remember that yeah. What's that equipment called? VCR? A camera? No, it's there's a there's playback. A, oh, I know what you mean for like video playback. Yeah. Playback, video playback. So I've done a video playback and I do need to to offer a point that I forgot to give. So this point is going to go to Popeye. And the reason why Woo. the reason why I'm giving Popeye this point is because I thought that you brought up something really interesting in your top tip, which I would have liked to have seen you explore a bit more, which is about the relation between classes and the traveling life. So class living on a boat and class living in a caravan. Why is one stigmatized more than the other? I think that that's a really interesting theme, which if you'd have zoomed in on that a bit more, I would have probably giving you the points so I'm giving you one bone one point for bringing that up because I think it's really interesting I, can I but can I explain why I didn't explore it further sure are you rebutting me you were about so no, I might no, I might no take the point away agreement. this is this is an add-on it's an add-on, add-on. add-on. it's not a not a rebuttal it's because my husband is part Romani so his grandmother is Romani and grew up in a caravan and I actually do find that some people when it comes to the traveler community can be without meaning to just incredibly racist and it is very classist and it's because they are you know they have their own history they have their own traditions they have a rich culture they're very misrepresented and I think actually the way that they are reported on often is 
terrible and disgusting. Mm. I thought the Channel 4 did a documentary and it was a really like hatch botch job. Like it was, it, it just didn't make sense to me because I think if you zone in on any kind of part of a population, you can make stats say what they want. And it was called The Truth About Traveller Crime. And I just thought, imagine if you did that about any other people. Wouldn't Why weren't people more up in arms about that? Mm. If you did the truth about black people crime, the truth about Polish people's crime, the truth about Scottish people and crime, whatever, you know, minority you pick, you can see in the question, it's a racist question because you yeah. can pull out crime stats about any community that aren't re- representative of them as a whole. But I knew if I got onto that and not just that I think middle-class people are hi- hypocritical because I don't, I would be interested in, in what Molly's take on th- this is because I think it goes to show that class in the UK isn't related necessarily to wealth in that posh people, inverted commas, can be actually financially not particularly affluent. But it's like it's like that cultural capital of knowing, you know, the right books to read and the right clothes to wear. And I hate that because I sometimes feel there'll never be a proper meritocracy because posh people will always kind of not let you know what game they're playing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? and keep passing port to the left, that kind of thing. Question, Daisy, you've said this before, Romani, I've never heard that term before. Is that like, is that a gypsy? Yeah, a gypsy. Okay, that's, that's what I assumed. Is. That's what I yeah. figured. I, re- I read a book on, um, it's called Zoli, and it's about Romani gypsies and about one of, uh, I can't say Romani gypsies. Um, no, no, you, you can. can. They are gypsies. They, that's not oh, offensive. okay. All right. So, yeah. um, and, and it's an amazing book. I have it if either of you want to borrow it, but it's about a poet who she sang poetry and was an amazing singer with all of the music that they would play together going around in their caravans. And then somebody wanted to capture her voice and make it famous. And her community disowned her. So she felt mm. displaced. But she was famous, but she didn't want to be famous. She never wanted it. But this man really wanted to capture her voice. It's so interesting about how, um, you know, our cult- how different the cultures are and how it's like trying to, trying to sort of exploit this talent that just wants to be part of a community. It doesn't want to be famous. Mm. Mm. That yeah. is interesting. I would like that. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll lend it to you. It's a quick read. It's brilliant. Were you going to say something, Molly? No, I was. Oh, Daisy just asked my thoughts on on the class system here. We don't. I think that's a whole other how to survive. It is. It <laughs> is. Survive. But real quick, I will say uh, when I moved here, I my so my husband lived here from six months to three and a half in the eighties, and his mother when we were moving, she's like, oh, you know, there's a class system in England, in the UK. I was like, no, there's not. That was the eighties. That's so long ago. And she mentioned how as an American, like they were kind of able to kind of navigate it differently. But then I got here and it is, it is shocking to me, the class system. And in America, you know, we have a class system, but it's just different. Ours is basically based on money. I would also argue maybe even education, but definitely, definitely just on money. Like you get money, you move up in class. And, and we freely talk about money, which is not really something talked about here. Mm. Um, and as an American, as an American actor, that's, that's something I've also had to deal with because I am an other, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's really interesting. I, I find the class system here very, very, very interesting. So 
Yeah. I, I just in ways I, I can't even get into right now that I wasn't yeah, no worries. prepared um, for. Anyway. No, don't worry. I was just going to say, actually, um, living on a boat is a rich person's game. And um, I'm, I'm saying this quite o- openly and honestly that I all often look around me and go, how the fuck did I end up living on this fucking boat? <laughs> like, how the fuck? Girl, my both my parents are working class. Like, I never got a penny to my name. I'm just living by whatever money I can get. And then this wonderful opportunity to live on this boat with my friend came up. And honestly, like, it's on a marina and it's... it's it, I feel like I'm on holiday here and it's, I, I, I go, how, how, and a lot of the people here, you know, people, people have got money. They, you have to have money. It's a lot. You have to get your boat blacked out. There's a lot of maintenance to do on a boat. You can't get a mortgage. So you have to have that down payment. Mm. Um, so I'm often going like, what the, you know, like, how did I, this ever happen to me? But it's very lucky. And it was a year of gratitude to do that. I wouldn't want my listeners to think that, um, I was, um, an upper class Tory. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you, but like, I know a couple of actors that live on boats though, because it's cheap. Yeah. So they might not be moored in marinas or they might be on, they might be earning uh-huh. enough, but um, in order to live on a marina, you pay rent, price mm. is rent, but then you also own your boat as a down payment. And the boat I'm living on was featured on the Daily Mail. Uh, yeah, I know, right? And it was, it's like, live on this amazing thing. You can Google it and find Elspeth Mabel, Daily Mail, and the boat I live on will come up. Wow. Yeah, it's like, promoted that. Look at what you can have for your money, like better value for your money, but you need that money as a down payment rather than mm. stuff. Yeah, now that you say that, the two people I'm thinking of, they, I think they just live on the canals. Yeah, so that's and they the have to like cruisers. Yeah. Yeah. And I they, think- w- they would swap where they're living every two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Which yep. I guess is a wonderful way of living, but also you just have to keep on moving and rolling over. So you yeah. can have time and, and things like that. Okay. How would they make money? The constant cruisers, sorry. How do they make money? Yeah. Like if they're always moving, well, they're- how do they have a job? Or do they not oh, no, they would have, they would have job. Yeah. Yeah. They, always- they, they just move like within London. They just moved to like oh, different areas on the canal. Okay. Because I'm, I'm like, oh, where, where do you live? And they're like, well, we're usually around the area yeah. of Hackney. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And it's interesting about posts, like where you would get your posts sent to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you'd have a post office box. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have a post box, but I don't have a key to it. So I can never get my post. <laughs> So I'm always uh-huh. reaching in with my fingers or a spoon and trying to scrape <sighs> it out. I look like a little tea leaf robbing post. <laughs> oh, okay. I have a comment about that. We'll have to say off air anyway. Oh, do you? I think you're you're making the right decision by moving off the boat. That's all I'm going to say. I'll say it right now. Like the fact that you don't have a mail key and your landlord or your flatmate isn't give you a mail key. That's a problem. And that's I think, wrong. I think it's my landlord who wasn't very nice to me and very cruel. And I definitely discovered the class difference between yeah. me and him where I say class, he says <laughs> Anyway, so moving on, my ladies, my sailors, my dolphins. My tattoos. <laughs> Are you ready to go Sorry. into our third round? It is currently 4-3 to Molly, Sailor Jerry Merwin. So it's really Ooh. pretty close here. We, who knows who will be the survivalist? And, and Daisy, if there's any if there's any uh, favoritism here, I'd like to say it's obviously towards you because I've got no extra points. All my points have been off, off my arguments. So Isn't that the way you should be living your life? Points from arguments. True. The judge yeah. is right. Don't the worry. judge is right. The judge is right. 
Although I am interrupting your um, dynamic, I apologize for that. I'm a bit of a... I mean, I was offended <laughs> because, you know, this is my time to shine, Kaylee, but I didn't want to say anything. So, Molly, you're very confusing because sometimes I think you're trying to trash talk me, but you're so polite. I don't know when (laughs) it started. I'm like, is she doing it now? Was that trash talk? It's my southern upbringing. Your hand when you're trying to get at me, okay? And I'll I'll be wounded. But it's hard to tell when you're okay. So we're gonna start off with Moen. What is your top tip number three to living on a boat? Okay. My final top tip is don't give up. It hurts you and it hurts the environment. Okay, so as we've as we've already discussed, I'm not gonna pretend living on a boat is easy. Stop laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Could you now give us your top tip relating to living on a boat, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 is that your rebuttal? Don't give up living on a houseboat. It hurts you and it hurts the okay. environment. Just repeating okay. that for those in the back that can't hear apparently. So uh, I'm not going to pretend that living on a boat is easy. It's basically like living in a tent on water with walls. It is. It's so like that right now in this heat. Yeah. And uh, uh, by the way, I didn't come up with that on my own. Unfortunately, I'm taking that from that same Business Insider article. That's what she said. When she, uh, that was Kirsten, 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 I, sorry, I forgot your name. Kristen, Kristen Haynes. Hi, Kristen Haynes. Mm, Shout out. But yeah, so she said that when she moved into the sailboat, it had almost no amenities, no running water, no heater, no stove, no toilet. Hello. No internet. What? No fridge. Huh? No shower. Smelly. And the list goes on and on. But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to customize it any way you want. On George. Oh, amazing spaces. You were talking about this, Daisy. Uh, I wonder if this is the same couple you're talking about. Uh, Talking about class system. There's this couple in West London that took the lockdown to customize their houseboat. They spent 48K. Is this the same one, Daisy? Yeah. 48K on the shell of a boat and then another 90,000 pounds. They turned this into basically the houseboat and the home of their dreams. This thing is gorgeous. It has a filtered water system so they can use the water from the canal to drink. It has underfloor heating. Amazing. And it's a modern looking Scandinavian style houseboat. Now, at first, I'm like, why would you spend all that money on a houseboat? That's 138,000 pounds. Mm. However, going back to the housing crisis here, that's a lot cheaper than any house you could buy in London. And it's customized to them. So if they'd given up, they're like, no, nah, we, we just don't, we, we can't do this. We can't refurb this, this houseboat. Then they wouldn't have this beautiful, beautiful house. If they had said no, if they'd given up, said no, we're only going to spend 2,000 pounds instead of 8,000 pounds on an electric heating, then they wouldn't have had underfloor heating in their houseboat. The flip side of this is a boat that's been sinking for the past two years in Sutton Broad, a branch of the River Ant. And this is according to the Eastern Daily Press. Uh, Miles Weston, Weston, Miles Weston is another houseboat owner and currently has a petition for the authority to get rid of it. Because he says it looks like a Veruca. Do you guys know what a Veruca is? Yeah, it's a little wart on your foot. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I had to Google oh, it. Oh, education. Was, yeah, I was going to like use that as another quiz time. Yeah. Okay. You got it right. But anyway, so the owner probably was like, you know what? I don't have 8K. I don't have any money to do this. You know, I'm impatient. 
I'm not going to refurb this. Fuck it. And just left. And now uh, the boat is singing and it's a blight on the river and bl- and potentially blocking the river. Mm-hmm. At one point, one of the, uh, the roof almost blew out over, blew off, blew over, blew off during a storm and it became a hazard. Now, guess how much the authority, the authority is saying they can't move it. Guess how much they estimate it would be to get rid of this boat. Oh, um, 22,000. Okay. 50,000. 8,000. 8,000 pounds to get rid of it. To get rid of it. So they're like, sorry. And that's a shame because someone could just put it in their garden and play in it like for kids, you know. Again, the authority gave up and the environment and those around are suffering. Oh, no. Basically, if you give up on a houseboat, whether you're trying to live on one or your authority trying to get rid of it, you are hurting your potential life and the life of everyone around you and the environment. That's all I got. Well, thank you, Merwin. And what a tone you dropped into at the end. That's all I got. That's all. Thank you. Daisy, what's your rebuttal? Well, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's, it's interesting because I actually, in my research, came across a story about this couple who have got divorced um, or getting divorced because of lockdown living on a boat their name is Tom and Lisa Hughes and they live in London and they're living on this boat and essentially they were like childhood sweethearts they had the most wonderful wedding they went and honeymooned and everyone said they were their favorite couple but last year Lisa said she wasn't happy living on the boat she hated it she wanted to give up on this boat dream live in a normal house she couldn't stand the the coots she couldn't stand the 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 water the drip drip and anyway (laughs) drip drip they got in (laughs) the dripping dripping is the worst the drip drip happens yeah and they got into a massive argument um he got cautioned by police because he pushed her off the boat and they're now getting divorced they've got four children it's all very sad And had they just given up on their dream and gone, you know what, let's change. Let's not give up. Let's call it a change. You know, destroy something to create something. They'd be living in a house now and still happily married. So I just hope that Molly's ready to talk to their four children and explain why she feels that such bloody mindedness is the way to go. Okay. I welcome that therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after that very, very long rebuttal. That's typical. Let's. Hit it off with our final tip of the episode. What did you say, Molly? I didn't hear you. She said it was typical. Typical. Trash talking me more directly Mm. this time. We like a bit of trash talk, but we don't like trash in the sea. Huh? Hmm. You know? Nice. We could get that on a tea towel. We could get that Um, on a tea towel. I like that. (laughs) Good idea. That will be the illustration. (laughs) So, Mike, can I also just uh, admit that 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 entire story was made up, to be clear? We Uh, knew that. It was clear. We knew. We knew. Don't worry. I thought it might have been an episode of that fiancé program you're watching. Uh, I will take (laughs) no trash talk on 90 Day Fiancé. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I love it. Can I? I know I won't get distracted to a night today, fiance, but it's 
it's incredible. Can I tell you a little bit of 90 Day Fiancé? No, because is that part of your top tip? Because every week, one of your top tips involves 40 <laughs> weeks Fiancé. No, it's not part of the okay. tip, But after the call, I really want to tell you tell about it after yeah. the podcast. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So my final tip, and I think it's an important one and an irrefutable one. If you're going to live on a houseboat, which I don't on balance recommend, you have to consider and try to prepare for and counterbalance any risk to the boat sinking because it happens all the time. In 2017, a houseboat resident called Heather Deacon in London had nothing left of her but the clothes on her back after her vessel sunk now she may well be it was in tottenham lock i don't want to say that she's your spirit animal kaylee but (laughs) i'll just put it this way she was a student at the college of naturopathic medicine and she said a weed hatch (laughs) that's her word used to access a propeller had accidentally been left open causing the boat to take on water quickly so bless her heart i mean She said it was petrifying and the whole boat went down under five minutes. And then her friend set up a just giving page to, you know, try and get her possessions back. But she did leave the window open because she would have been, you know, distracted by her spells, I'm guessing. Um, But it also happened more recently in Leicestershire, a couple, they lost their whole life, uh, not their lives, but they lost everything they owned. They were James Warren, 55, and his wife, Lorraine, 48. Uh, That was in February this year. And basically, they were on the boat at the time. They said it went down in three minutes. And they hadn't... It was kind of unexplained why it sank, but but it did. And it's actually, you know, in the news... It happens a lot in Birmingham, someone, and I don't know why, but this could only happen in Birmingham. And I don't really, to be honest, even understand why someone, if they had a movable house, would be in Birmingham. Because if you could leave, (laughs) why would you be there? But who knows? (laughs) I'll never be touring in Birmingham anytime. But yeah, anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, they. So when you come, in, there's a very particular system of getting a boat through a lock. So you have to, when you enter the lock, make sure you enter fully and be on this particular marker. And apparently, the guy was, you know, an experienced sort of boater, but he just he made a mistake, and the back of the boat kind of got stuck on this bit of concrete which meant the front of the boat sank and then it ended up like going fully in but there is and I'll I'll put a link up to it but there's a very satisfying although I know that's mean to say <laughs> boat sinking in America so basically again it was kind of the owner's fault and this is the thing in a lot of these someone leaves a hatch open or they go through a lock uh, not properly, but in this case, the boat that they called the Nut House, uh, they <laughs> I it the Nut were, House. <laughs> yeah, very non-politically correct there. They their boat in 2019 in April in California. The boat, <laughs> the boat essentially, they had a friendly like a family poker game, but they just had way too many guests on it. And it sunk the boat. But when you see it, it's a huge houseboat. It's really very large. 
and it sinks the boat next to it because it knocks over and then it capsizes the boat alongside it, which isn't a houseboat, it's just a boat. But it is honestly, when you watch this film, it's insane. But I mean, what's funny about it is I don't know who the people are. I guess they're like a tourist on a river trip. That's the impression you get. On the YouTube clip, you can hear these American tourists watching this boat go down. And they're so funny. Like this one man, just off the top of his head, he goes, oh my God, that's terrible. That's $3 million down the pipe immediately. And I thought, you don't know it's $3 million. That's and then they called the video, $3 million boat, dollar boat sinks. And I thought, that's you so funny. I heard the man in the clip say that. He didn't know. This is a fact. And then another woman was like, like I said, we like talking about money. Yeah. He was like, $3 million. Go on. And then there's another woman who's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I hope they've got insurance. That's all I could say. And she's almost gleeful. I thought, oh my God, leave them alone. Like they just lost their boat. Like calm yourselves. Um, but yeah, so it does seem when you, if you Google it, you'll see there's lots of news stories regarding houseboat sinking. So as much as I said, you could avoid the housing crisis by living on one because they're cheaper, your boat might sink. You know, that's just mm. the risk you take with a boat. So that's the only thing I would say. But in a lot of those cases, you know, someone went through a lot cron- wrong. Someone had too many people on the boat. Some people, someone left a portal open. It does seem in most cases to be the fault of the person on the boat. So I don't know if you're planning to, I don't know, hose down your floor or anything before you leave, Kaylee, but try nah, not I don't to, think so. to sink your boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Daisy. And Molly, Merwin, what is your rebuttal? Uh, so first, I just want to say to our Birmingham fans, that's at Daisy Earl 33 on Hotmail <laughs> yeah. with any concerns or feedback on just that. Just try and give out my email address. <laughs> oh, shit, that was the email. I meant Twitter. That's her Twitter. <laughs> I can't believe that. Hey, I love nothing more when strangers email me, Molly. Please, it's work away. She's out of control. <laughs> She's out of control. Um, also, Daisy, do you think all Americans... She's got to get back to being the judge next week. She's got insane. <laughs> do you think that all Americans just have really bad New York accents? Is that how you imagine <laughs> but to your point right you know i think i think in some ways you're right daisy you you should counterbalance the risk of a boat sinking and that's why i go back to my second point which is go with the flow be prepared for anything a boat could sink have a bag ready and that's okay that's okay you probably have a life wrap because you're prepared and you're gonna go with the flow have that's a it. bag can you imagine talking to you after your boat sank imagine if we had a boat and it sank and i go oh kaylee for god's sake don't ring molly you'd be like why i want to ring molly she's my friend i go kaylee do yourself a favor love i know the boat sank don't ring molly you go i'm gonna ring molly i want some advice hey molly my boat sank all my possessions everything's fine oh Kaylee, I think you just need to go with the flow. You know, you need yeah. to just be prepared. Go yeah. with the flow. If you've got a bag, then you're fine. Yeah, she can stay with me or you. It's fine. She'll just be fine. She'll be fine. Well, this is really fun. And you two, I'm seeing a whole new light to you, which is interesting. Um, my gavel has been struck. So order, please. Um, ahoy, ahoy, land ahoy. So this one's a bit difficult. Uh, Daisy's top tip is 
to counterbalance your boat, avoid it sinking. Obviously, you don't need an iceberg to sink a ship in the houseboat community. Interestingly enough, I have a friend on the marina and he filled up his water and he got called out to work and he forgot. And then he went out to work. And when he came back, his boat was sitting on the side. So it didn't sink, but it was on the side because the water had overflowed. And then during the whole of lockdown, his boat was at the side. So he had to counterbalance it with (gasps) another person on the marina's cold blocks. And so he had all these like sacks on his boat. And then a week ago, there's this amazing guy in the marina called David, and he's always fixing everything. They call him Perfect Dave because he just is good at boats and everything. And he came to pump out the water from his bilge. Bilge is a good word. I'm giving myself a bonus point for using it. (laughs) It's the bottom of the boat. And that's where the uh, water was in my friend's boat. And he pumped it all out and he got, he got so many liters of water out of it. And now his boat's okay. But the other thing is it counterbalanced the other way because of all the coal that was still on it. So yeah, so um, it is a thing, but I also want to just say both of you have just given such complicated tips. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought you were going to say like, don't overfill your water, don't have sex really loud and leave your like door open and don't, I don't know, I can't think of another one. But um, yeah, you've really gone out there. So we, so Molly, yours, your one was um, another bit of a hippy dippy one. So I'm relating to that. Don't give up living on a houseboat. It hurts you, it hurts the environment. However, Molly... Underfloor heating is just a luxury. It is not good for the environment. Elspeth Mabel has underfloor heating. Really? It's a luxury, but the boiler breaks all the time, so I'm left freezing. And also, all the ducks outside always navigate to around the boat because it's a bit warm, but it's really not um, environmentally friendly because so much energy is wasted in just heating the floor. So it's actually better to just get little heaters around your boat instead. Well, see, that's the difference between houseboats and normal houses because underfloor heating is very environmentally friendly. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Oh, right. Well, like, maybe we yeah. need to look into that. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> don't lose your confidence, No, I Katie. don't know what to do Molly, now. because I... Molly never fact checks. Every week she says things. I used to actually work here. at an architecture firm, so I will let you know right now. Underfloor heating. Well, you're getting home. a bonus point, Molly, for the tent on water thing. I've always wanted a way of describing how I feel when I'm on the boat on a hot day. So there we go. You get a bonus point for tent on the water. Um, yes. And I'm a bit... This is a difficult one. I don't know who's gonna. So we've so we're currently at five three mm-hmm. today with the bonus point. Going to live on a houseboat counterbalance any risks of your boat sinking. Okay, so the two points are gonna go to Popeye. Popeye gets the two points. What? So it's currently five five. So exciting! Oh, it's a draw. It's a yeah. draw. Wow. Which means that I'm now gonna give you. The bonus round for the top. Okay. Okay. What? This is so exciting. We've never had a bonus round. Never. This is a this is a very special birthday for us. What I want you to do is I want you to think of a song that involves boats and then sing it to me. One, two, three, go. Row, the wheels row, row on your boat gently down. Merrily, 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 merrily. Down the canal they go. Splashing oh around and saying hello <laughs> to everyone. The wheel on the boat goes down. And I think, listeners, you'll agree with me that it is down. going to be a draw because Skipper Merwin and Cabin Boy Earl both nailed it with the song. <laughs> and hey, 
can sorry, sorry. I don't want to say this favoritism here, but we did not both nail it with the songs. Mine was obviously better because mine was improvised. I sang row, row, row your boat. Molly clearly sang the wheels on the bus, panicked, and then made that bus a boat. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was really panic-stricken. Yeah, um, because when you're on a houseboat, things go wrong and you need to be calm under pressure. And songs need to be inclusive of all environments. We can't just have, like... You know. Oh, sorry. Okay, I want to play again. My milkshake brings all the boys to the boat, yes, and then we're on a boat. Right. And then... Okay, <laughs> everybody, we have a winner. It's Daisy. Uh-uh. <laughs> In that case, yes, Katie. to the window, <laughs> to the sea. Now, what the fucking words to the song? I forgot. <laughs> Molly, that's my favorite thing you've ever done. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. And you put your arms like... up. To the window. Oh, so I just wanted you to keep going because I know that that real song is like to the window, to the wall, to the sweat drips from my. Oh, I got it. To the window, to the sea, to the sweat drops down to my knee. That's all I got. It was good, but you're not the winner. I'm sorry, Molly. It's still my milkshake brings all the boys to the boat. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. (laughs) My milkshake brings all the boys to the boat is definitely a theme tune that I'm going to start singing the next couple of days. (laughs) I'll be like the piper of the men in the marina, hopefully. We'll see. I... I've never seen anyone look prouder, though, than the lyric to the sweat drip to my knees. <laughs> That's a proper rude song when you think about oh, it, though. Very. I've never considered it before. And very rude. Moen, you did very well to make it child-friendly. Thank you. I... Yeah, it was nice. That's what living on a boat does, makes everything child-friendly. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end. That's the end of our episode. How to survive living on a boat with me, Captain Kaylee Cassidy. And we've got Molly, Sailor Jerry Merwin and Daisy Popeye Earl. It's been an absolute pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. And please join us next week when we discuss how to survive something else. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. The music by Jazar.